Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky. This podcast is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Lee Yoder. Lee is the founder and visionary of Threefold Real Estate Investing, which focuses on multifamily real estate. Welcome, Lee. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thanks for having me, Gary. Pleasure to be on your podcast. Cincinnati, Ohio, so Southwest Ohio, we invest here. Now we are syndicating kind of mid-sized apartments, not into the real big stuff yet. I'm not ready to, to play with the big boys quite yet, but um, kind of mid-sized. And, and I started with some smaller multifamilies, but now we're trying, we're syndicating like 40 to 100 unit properties. Great. Great. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about why it's easier to manage a, a bigger asset. And you started buying smaller assets like we, we all did. How many units are we talking about when, when you started out? And what were some of the challenges you had managing a property of that size? Yeah. So I, I kind of had, I guess, kind of like three levels. So first I did maybe even four. First I had a duplex and you manage that yourself. I managed that myself because that's hardly anything. But then I got some small multis, a 16 unit, an eight unit, and a 10 unit. Had the same property management company managing, but they're they're like in three totally different parts of the city. And so this management company has like a thousand you know units around this city. And, and this is actually in Dayton, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. And the challenge there, I guess I would say, you know, for me, but also for my property management company, really, is just that it's it's sure it's eight or 16 units in one spot, but you know, they're they're still spread out. And so my 34 units are spread out around the city. And I just have 34 units of their 1,000. So anytime I call in and talk to the leasing department, you know, I'm really just talking to someone and it's like, they got to dig, okay, which, which ones are you talking about? Okay. You're just, you just want to talk to me about eight units of our 1,000. So it's kind of, it's a challenge for me, I guess, but it's really more of a challenge for the property management company, which just makes it more of a challenge for me because I'm in charge of managing my manager. Right. So last year we got a 45 unit and a 47 unit. And even the 45 unit, it's actually a 29 unit and two eight units. So they're they're kind of close, but still kind of that same concept. And then finally, the 47 unit we got, it's 47 units in one building. So there's a little bit more economies of scale there, but it's still not big enough to have somebody on site. We're not paying our property management company enough and the property's not bringing enough revenue to afford a, a leasing manager on site or a full-time tech guy on site. So, you know, there's not somebody there every day. So it, it sometimes it, trash builds up. Like sometimes there's a leak that doesn't get discovered. It, it, it's stuff like that. And then just, you know, when I kind of actually just learned this recently, you know, for our properties, they can't just have somebody schedule 
any time to come look at the property. They'll have certain openings because there's not somebody there. When you have somebody at the property, people can come look at it whenever they want, whatever works for them. Just actually learned that recently, Gary. So then at the end of the year last year, we got a 96 unit. Okay. So not, not quite at that hundred threshold, but really close. So this property does bring in enough to have a full-time maintenance tech and a full-time, almost a full-time, not even that's probably, it's probably not quite enough for a full-time leasing manager, like property manager, but there is a girl within the property management company that we work with, same, same management company this whole time. And we're still really doing like a fee-based system, but they've got one girl that is pretty much dedicated to that property. And I'll tell you what, she owns it. That's her baby. She takes pride in that property already. And we're just seeing a huge difference in having, again, we're still using the same property management company, but they've got one girl really dedicated to that 96 unit and she owns it and it's made all the difference in the world for us. Yeah. And and it probably is much more efficient for you from a time-wise and and you'll make a lot more money. So, but I'm surprised she's not hundred percent full-time for your property for 96 units. So I, I have my smallest property is a 72 unit. We have someone full-time dedicated you know, because if you, once you start doing this part-time or pieces of, then you, you tend to get a little bit more turnover as well in that position. And mm-hmm. there's still pl- there's plenty to do on a, on a 96 unit. She is full-time with the company. It's just, she does do some stuff for some other properties, I guess is what I would say. So she's there a lot and she's not there every day still. So, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. Maybe she could be there full-time. Right. Okay. Yeah. But still, yeah, she still owns it. She's still, you know, really taken ownership of it, which has been huge. So now that you've gone to a 96, would you go back to a, a 40s or the 50 unit type? Yeah. You know, I don't want to, but I do feel like the market might make me <laughs> just because, you know, everybody knows that 100 plus units is better in, in my opinion. So yeah, I shouldn't say everybody, but I, I think a lot of people that get into multifamily, once you get that 100 unit, I mean, I think a lot of people have the same experience that we did. As soon as we get the 96, we're like, wow, this is what everybody's talking about with economies of scale. Maintenance requests get answered because quicker because the guy's there. So tenants are happier. Units get filled quicker because somebody's there. They can show it any time. She just knows. I mean, when my, it's really my partner, Gary, that, that does a little bit more of this. But when we call in to our property management company, and again, when we ask about one of our other properties, because right, we, I sold the small one. So we have a 45, 47, 96. When we call and ask about the 45 or 47, again, it's we're talking to a girl that manages those 92 units along with another thousand, right? And she's got people under her and everything. But when we call in to talk about the 96, we talk to Chelsea and it's boom, 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 boom. Here, here's exactly what's, I mean, just rips it off because she knows this property better than we do. So that's awesome. We we love that. So yeah, manage, you know, asset management wise, operations wise, I never want to own anything less than hundred units again. But the competition for 100 plus units, I mean, in my market, and, and, and you know, we look at a few markets, but I assume they're all the same. As soon as you get over that 100, I mean, it sells for like 10 to 20 grand more per unit just because of the economies of scale. And sure, you could say, well, okay, but that still makes sense because you can operate it better. To me, it's still not quite worth it a lot of times. And I think that just is because the money, the big money that chases the bigger properties, they're just able to accept a lower return. So we're still looking for a higher return. So I do think we're going to still play in the 40 to 100 unit space for right now when the market is this competitive, this hot for multifamily. But 
asset management wise and operations wise, I, I would never want to own a, less than 100 units, but we, we probably still will. And, and what got you to go after that 96 unit where you didn't go after it before? Was it your ability to raise more money, experience, you added partners? What allowed you to make that jump? Yeah, I think it's a few of those things, Gary. Definitely, you know, we had to raise a lot more money on that one than we did before. You know, one thing that really helped though, and I, I think I didn't realize that this was available to us, we were able to get 80% from the bank on our $600,000 rehab budget on that property as well. And so we had to raise, that's 480, I think, 480 of the 600 that we didn't have to raise that I would have thought we would have had to raise. So that was like, oh, wow, I guess we you know could have went bigger faster. So just something for people to keep in mind. We probably thought we weren't ready to raise that much money yet. And maybe just thought we weren't ready to compete on that level yet. And, and really what happened, Gary, was just that it's the same brokerage that we worked with to get the 47 unit. They said, "Hey, we got another one coming. It's you know a little bit bigger, ninety six. And I said, "Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's go for it." And it ended up working out. So just kind of that. I think that brokerage too felt like, "Hey, we've never done a deal with these guys. Let's throw them this little forty seven unit that a lot of our better buyers don't want, right?" And they're like, "Man, they did pretty. You know, they performed really well. It was easy to work with them. They came up with the money easily. Like you know, all these things. Like let's let's give them a shot at this ninety six unit. I mean, really, here and you know, like even ninety six unit is a little bit under the radar. I think a lot of the institutional money, like." I mean, because at 96, it was $6 million here in Dayton, Ohio. So that's still really not anywhere near what institutional money wants to move like four to 5 million. We only had to come in with 1.65. So we're still under some of that. So some of the really big buyers at this brokerage work, they still don't want to mess with that 96 unit. So we could very well still maybe mess around right in that 100 unit space here in Dayton. And that, that would be perfect for us, really. You know, what you said was really important. You had done a deal with a brokerage before, a smaller deal. So they knew, liked you, and trusted you to take down a 96 unit. And it just opens up all the doors because there might be a future deals that you'll, you'll be able to see, like you said, first look, or at least in that you know off-market phase where yeah, not everyone exactly. has seen it and potentially could take it down. So just getting deals done is just so important for your, for your growth in this industry. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly how it worked out for us. I mean, the only reason we got to look at the 96 is because we took down the 47 and, and did a and did a good job for them, made it easy for them. Absolutely. So I, I think I know the answer to this already, but what would you tell your younger self, you know, having done this now for a few years, what would you tell your younger self that you'd want to, to know then, now that you know now? Yeah, yeah. Pro- I mean, you're probably alluding to like, I probably would say go bigger, faster and expand your mindset. But the way I would say to do that, Gary, is just more networking. I, that, that's what's opened my eyes. Every time I've networked with somebody, every time I found somebody, they've told me about something, they've shown me something, they've, they've just shown me how they did it. And, and so that's what I would do. I would network more and, and more quickly because you find those people and they open your eyes and, and make you realize that, that a lot more is possible than you think. So that's what I would have done for sure. Huge. I, I totally agree. That's, you know, we went from a 42 unit, a 1.65 deal to a, to a 120 unit, $15.3 million deal. And the only yeah. reason we had the guts to do it was because of networking and people built and, and underwriting a ton of deals. And, you know, our, our sphere of influence got bigger. So we knew we could partner with others to take down that deal. And yes. it just it gives you rocket fuel too. So oh, such man. a key point, network, network, network. E- even after you've done a bunch of deals, it's just so important. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to go to, to conferences and, and meetups and, and other events because you never know where your next partner is going to come from your next investor a deal that may fall into your lap. So get out there, people, and, and network. For sure. Totally agree. So I asked this question of all of our guests, what is your asset management superpower? 
I think for me, Gary, one thing I'm able to do is to look at a really complicated and frankly, like kind of scary situation or or just overwhelming. I, I think, you know, if you look at an apartment building and, and you look at everything that needs done and all the moving pieces and, and all this, what if this happens? And oh my goodness, like this, this resident's upset. And oh, we got a leak over here and we've got three vacancies. It can like really get overwhelming. And I, I think what I'm good at is just bringing it down, breaking it down. Okay. We've got all these things, but what do we need to do today? What, what are the things that actually have to get done today? Yeah, we got three vacancies. Okay. And the bigger you get, like the more vacancies are okay because, you know, three out of 100, you're 97% occupied. That's great. So just think, okay, we got three, but hey, they're handling that and we'll follow up with them on Friday and see how that's going because we know they're marketing it. Okay. So put that off the side. We don't have to worry about that. The leak, they're handling that. They know about that. The plumber's coming out later today. Just breaking it down, simplifying it. What are the, what are, we got all this stuff going on, but what are the next three things we need to do? What are the things that are most important? Who's handling the other stuff? You you got to be able to do that. You have to have somebody on your team that can do that. I think my partner isn't quite as skilled at that. And that's what I do for him when he, you know, his level rises. I say, yeah, but here it's okay. But like, cause look, here's what we have to do. You know, we've got this, we've got this, we got this person, we got this person that that's not even due for another week. So let's don't even worry about that today, man. Let's do this stuff. So I think that's a superpower of mine is to be able to, you know, break things down, simplify things, take down the level a little bit of the anxiety and, and make things not seem so overwhelming. Great. Yeah. That's a great life skill. You can apply that to everything. So awesome. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So where can uh, listeners find out more about you? Yeah, Gary, if they want to jump on my website, it's threefold, R-E-I.com. That's T-H-R-E-E-F-O-L-D-R-E-I.com. You can find out a bunch of stuff about us there, sign up and stuff like that. I'm also pretty uh, active on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you want to check me out there, just Lee Yoder. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Lee, and and sharing your, you know, how you went from smaller assets to bigger assets and and why it's, it's uh, you know, more efficient for you. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening in. And we'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and or fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.